Susan, thank you. Now we're joined live in studio by the Sinn Féin leader, Mary Lou MacDonald. Mary Lou MacDonald, welcome to the programme. Thank you so much. We, we've had another week in this country where people have come out onto the streets uh, to protest about accommodating asylum seekers in their locality. Uh, there's a poll in the Sunday Independent today which says that 56% of people think that Ireland has taken in too many refugees in the past year and 61% of Sinn Féin voters think that to be the case. What do you say to those people, your voters? Well, look... um we have uh, a situation where the government have really, really handled so many situations so badly. Uh, I mean, we've had a housing emergency now for many years. Uh, lots of people across Irish society, including those that vote for my party, uh, have direct experience of this crisis, of this emergency. They're living in overcrowded circumstances. They're paying exorbitant rents if they can get a place to rent. And they have had government inaction. And there's huge frustration and anger, actually, I think sometimes people haven't been angry enough with government on that issue. Uh, but the anger isn't being directed at the and, government. And therein lies the, 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 the kernel of the issue because I understand all of the frustration. I understand all of the anger. And I know for sure that that anger needs to be directed at those in power, those that have the capacity to change things for people. And it really is um, a matter of concern that a small group, and I think we need to be careful uh, in understanding that it is a small group of very, very nasty individuals who are trying to foment this uh, view of aggression and negativity towards people mm. who are weak, who but, have very but, few resources. But, but there is still a majority of people, according to that poll today, um, and a majority who support your party who believe that the, the state has taken in too many people. And I, and I am describing for you the reasons why, mm. in my view, those feelings are there. I, I believe, Justin, from long experience of dealing with people across urban and rural communities, the Irish instinct fundamentally is an instinct of decency. Irish people are decent. Irish people are welcoming. But I also know that people have struggled long and hard now for years with a government that has failed rural communities, left town after town without services, without prospects, without opportunities, young people now leaving in record numbers mm. and an inability to uh, source accommodation. And that has driven righteous, correct anger. Some of that is uh, there is a, a move by a small number of people to exploit that and direct that at the wrong people. And I think we need to be just upfront in calling that out. Let me also say this. I think it's a bit rich for government to almost now cast themselves as commentators or finger pointers at the very communities that in so many cases they abandoned, they have failed and they have let down. So what do we need? We need a government with a plan, with a plan for housing, with a plan for social development and regeneration in areas of rural and urban Ireland. Okay. Can, can, and we also need to have a clear-headed view from Irish people in apportioning blame where it rightly lays and it does not lay at the feet of any refugee, anybody seeking a, a, asylum in this country. 
So if you take the example, for example, of, of column barracks in Mullingar during the week where we had uh, people out protesting against the accommodation there of 120 single male international protection applicants in that barracks. You had local people who'd raised concerns mm-hmm. and you also had uh, right-wing fringe elements mm-hmm. who, who were um, leading or involved in protests there also. Would Sinn Féin take a different approach in that case? Have, Would, have you been in column barracks? No. Do you know it? I have. Um, maybe two or three years ago with my colleague uh, Sirka Clark and that barracks much of it has not been in use but some of it has for different community projects really really good projects that support young people and community efforts and the arts uh, actually in the area and for a very long time local people had been arguing that the barracks needed to be regenerated for the purposes of accommodation so it's not that people don't want this facility used. And I can absolutely understand, having spoken about this barracks for years and years and not having been heard, the local frustration, the sense of disrespect that the system the state, the government, the minister didn't have the foresight to come and actually talk to that community to explain at least what's happening, to give notice of it and maybe even to listen to the community as well but would, to get I, some I, ideas and notions. Though, is, would Sinn Féin take a different approach to accommodating 120 single male uh, international protection applicants yes, we would. To, together? Yes, what, what would yes, you do? We would. Well, well, let me tell you the first thing that we would do is we would ensure that there is an all of government plan. We would have the good manners, we would have the respect and the basic intelligence to go and talk to the communities concerned. We would ensure that we listen to proposals like uh, came from the Irish Refugee Council now for months and months and months around the use of holiday home accommodation. We would listen to communities County Mayo, for example, my colleague Rose uh, Conway Walsh has said time and again, there are 10,000 empty properties in County Mayo alone. We would have used a thoughtful, structured, planned approach to all of this. And we would have looked to our great communities, community leaders, um, to actually develop that plan and roll out that plan in a way that people were given notice, given information, given the respect of a conversation. That didn't happen in Mullingar, as you have instanced, it didn't happen in my own constituency in East Wall. And it's it's so it's the wrong way to do it. And it unnecessarily stokes up concerns and fears and very dangerously opens up the gap for that very tiny number of very, very dangerous, uh, abusive and in some case openly violent uh, minority that want to come in and think that they can take advantage of communities okay. in a negative way. By the way, I trust the the good sense and the decency of people that in the end that very small fringe element will not have its way and will not win. I want to ask you about um, the political controversy this week about the legal position adopted by the government not to automatically reimburse people Mm -hmm. who were forced into uh, private nursing home care where they um, may may not have where they weren't able to, or they had to pay for that care themselves. Um, Would Sinn Féin open the checkbook now and pay the residents or their families who paid for private nursing home care? Well, there will... I, I think when we look at the nursing home charges, the issue around the disability maintenance payment, and now we learn about a strategy that was being cooked up around the hepatitis C scandal. 
and the families uh, affected by that. Uh, nowhere is it does it become more clear the need for political change okay. in Ireland? Just specifically you see a state on the, on the that goes to war on, with on the, on the, on the issue on, of nursing homes. Back in two thousand and ten, when the ombudsman uh, published her report, she made plain at that stage that there had to be some compensatory mechanism for those families. Of course, when the state breaks the law, when the state fails to vindicate the rights of citizens and worse than that, when the state adopts a strategy to face down vulnerable people who have been wronged. Are those people entitled to recompense? Yes, they absolutely are. So are are there families entitled to it? And would would Sinn Féin in government compensate those families? Yes, yes. And and just... how, How much would that cost? Well, look... Um, I, I think the figures, I think all of us now accept the figures that had been mooted as part of the scenario in government to face these families down into the seven billions and five were vastly, vastly overstated. But let me just say this. You see, the government, any government has a duty to protect the taxpayer and the public purse. They also, at the same time, have an absolute obligation to protect our people, our citizens, particularly those who find themselves in vulnerable circumstances. And no government has the luxury of saying we will do one at the cost of the other. And in the end, you know, when the state uh, hounds people, as they did Bridget McCall back in the day, and wrongs people as they they have done consistently. They don't actually protect the taxpayer. They expose everybody. They expose citizens to hardship and misery. And they expose, in the end, the the public purse. That the Sinn Féin government would would open the checkbook and pay all the people uh, involved here or their families if you're in government. What I am saying is that a Sinn Féin government would do the job of government and where the state has acted illegally and denied people their rights and ripped them off, then yes, the state, the government will be honourable and will correct that situation. Yes, that is the case. Can I ask you about donations received by you and your party from the the now convicted criminal Jonathan Dowdall? How much money did Mr Dowdall donate to Sinn Féin or yourself? Well, we've we've put all of this in the public domain. Um, Mr. Dowdall made one contribution to me um, into my political donations account a decade or more ago, which was declared fully legally and in line with SIPO, SIPO uh, regulations. Did he pay money to attend fundraisers or buy tickets for he, raffles? He may have. I, I believe he did. Yes, I believe he attended uh, fundraisers and so on. And just remember... Um, at that time, there was uh, no question of Mr. Dowdall being a convicted criminal. He now is, mm. correctly. Um, and let me make it also very plain. Had I known, had I the foresight um, or any knowledge or inkling that he would have gone on to behave in the way that he did, he would not have been anywhere near me, anywhere near Sinn Féin. Um, frankly, we would have had nothing zero to do with them. You've just said there that that donation was made to you. It is declared in your returns for 2011. But you told News Talk in November that that donation was made to the Dublin Central Constituency Organisation. Why why has the story changed? Well, on that, well, the story hasn't changed. There there is only one story. um, And Gavin Riley on News Talk, when he interviewed me at the time, Gavin was right. And uh, I was incorrect in in saying that to him about a donation that had been made uh, a decade ago. And 
at the time was fully, fully openly declared um, to SIPO in accordance with the law. Was Jonathan Dowdall a friend? No. No, but he was a close constituency colleague of yours. He was he was a constituency colleague. I mean, the, the reality is that um, as, as it turned out and as uh, Jonathan Dowdall behaved, um, I... I do not know him, did not know him, had would have had no clue, no inkling, no more than anybody else had uh, of, of what he was capable of. We now know that and responsibility for that and for those actions rest with Jonathan Dowdall and with him alone. As you say, he is, he is uh, rightly now a convicted criminal, a gangland criminal. Um, did you give any consideration after his conviction to either uh, giving back the money he donated or donating it perhaps to a community group who might have been affected by gangland crime or to a victim's well, organisation? Well, the last person that I would give money to is a convicted criminal. Um, and uh, let me tell you, I represent communities and a constituency who more than most have suffered at the hands of uh, generations of neglect, a heroin epidemic, all that stems from that and this so-called gangland uh, phenomenon. Uh, and it is my job, my privilege indeed, to represent those communities. And what every day that I go to work, I go to work to make the lives of those families and those communities better. Mm. So I'm not into gestures, but empty, if, but, but, empty but if, gestures. If a, if a donation was made by, by to any other political party by a, by a now convicted criminal, Sinn Féin would be calling for that donation to... to the to, donation... In, don't be disingenuous, Justin, with all due respect to you. The donation was made 11 years ago by somebody who had no convictions, who had no uh, involvement to, to my knowledge, in anything uh, criminal, far from it. I, this was a person, sorry, you've put the question to me. This was a person who ran a thriving business, a family man whose wife worked in the Irish Civil Service, whose business had A-list clients like the Dublin Airport Authority, uh, the Bank of America and so on. So at the time the donation was made, it was recorded correctly in my political donations account with full transparency and fully in accordance with the law. But you think it would be an empty gesture now to to donate that money to a community group or a I think any I think any money going into the community groups in my uh, area is is always welcome but I want much more than empty gestures for our communities. We need to deal with poverty. We need to provide opportunity. We need to change the entire dynamic in these communities. And bear in mind, they are the best of the best in Dublin's north inner city. These are the communities in which James Connolly raised his citizens' armies. These are old historic communities who generations of governments have neglected and left to rot. And that is not good enough. And I am determined in my political lifetime that we will turn that around, not just those of us in politics, but those in the communities there as well. Okay. Your party has been in contact with SIPO, the Standards and Public Office Commission, in relation to uh, a failure to record returns in relation to a number of election expenses. Did your party spend any money on the Abu database, which was set up during election campaigns? Well, can I firstly say um, that we have been in contact with SIPO. Any uh, expenses that weren't uh, reported um, had been paid. Um, and by the way, 
we I, I am very determined that, that those kind of administrative mistakes and that kind of sloppiness will not occur again. It shouldn't occur. And I'm not going to make any, uh, put any uh, blasts on that. I would also say, though, that some attempts to make an equivalence between that on the one hand and the actions of, of Pascal Donoghue, a minister for finance, who failed to declare a corporate donation from a businessman who, as it happened, is uh, won state contracts and had been on state boards, is comparing apples and oranges okay, to make that I point. I just want to ask on you about, about your on a boo. On a boo. A boo is an in-house developed system. It's the way in which we use the electoral register, which, as you know, is a public document. It's used by all candidates, all political parties to direct your canvas. So it's it, there's nothing untoward in that. It's developed in-house. The cost of developing it uh, and running it, it I, I think, runs at about 45 uh, euro uh, a month. You don't incur, we didn't incur additional uh, expense in using that system in the course of uh, elections. So there's nothing to declare. We've communicated all of that uh, to SIPO. Uh, and I understand the concern around our system was raised by somebody who was described in the media as a Fine Gael activist. Does, does the uh, fact that you have had so many holes in your spending returns that you've had to go back to SIPO and engage with them again, the sloppiness as you call it, mm -hmm. has that undermined uh, your role as an opposition party um, to perhaps in other circumstances, you might have tabled a motion of no confidence in Minister Pascal. No, I, no I don't believe it. I've not made the, the point to you earlier. Um, there is a world of a difference in um, uh, not fully reporting invoices that you have spent to hire a, a hotel room for a press conference on the one hand and a failure uh, to declare a corporate donation from a very wealthy businessman when you're the Minister for Finance and when this individual is appointed to state boards and also wins state contracts. That, those are daylight and uh, dark. And, and we take our role as opposition very, very seriously. Uh, we brought the matter to the floor of the doll. Um, we looked for answers from the Minister. We didn't get very complete answers from the minister, but we pursued it nonetheless. And now we respect that SIPO has to consider okay. and weigh up these matters. All right. You have said before that you have uh, an ambition to become Taoiseach. Um, that's a job which would require uh, attending EU council meetings in Brussels, meeting leaders around the world, going to Washington, clocking up a lot of air miles. Um, do you believe we need a new government jet to do all that work? I think, uh, for the most part, that uh, our work can be done by travelling on commercial uh, airlines. I've never been on the government yet. Um, if I'm to be honest with you, I couldn't even recite for you now the purposes for which the government jet has been used. So I think you'd have to advance a very strong argument. I'd like to see, actually, a bit of scrutiny around how it's used, what it's used for. I also accept that the, the job of government is extremely busy and you do have to travel and you're travelling for the purpose of work. So you need to be in good shape to actually represent the country well. Um, but, but my own view is, and my understanding is that other governments and other leaders of government use commercial airlines. And we know certainly in terms of the carbon footprint and damage to the environment, you are better to use 
commercial airlines rather than private jets, whether it's for government or anywhere else. Actually, that's why we made a suggestion for an additional tax on, on the use of private jets. Sinn Féin leader Mary Lou MacDonald, thank you very much for thank coming you. to talk to us today. Coming up, we'll hear about cuts to staff processing asylum appeals as applications surge.